Welcome to the Dr. Hans Brewery podcast. This podcast originated as a video and can be seen in full over at my YouTube channel. Q&A video number three about pressurized fermentation. If you haven't watched video number one and number two, please go and watch them. And by the end of this video, if you're still having questions, I will open up a new brand new form for you to put your questions in. The information I'm giving here is from my own experience with pressurized fermentation. I have been pressure fermenting for years and that's why I'm trying to share here. This is from my own experience, from trial error and just trying to make as good beer as possible. So with that said, let's jump into today's show. I'm Dr. Hans, this is Dr. Hans Brewery, my channel about beer and homebrewing. If you like what I do here, consider supporting by becoming a patron or channel members or just buy me a beer. All links down below. Let's jump into the questions. Question number one. Can you pressure ferment in two liter bottles? Yeah, you could do that, of course. You still need a spanning valve and you should try how much pressure, uh, I'm guessing you're talking about a pet bottle, how much pressure it can hold. You need also some headspace in there, so it ain't gonna be a lot of beer, but yeah, it can be done, I think. Question number two. It's my first attempt to pressurize cold crashing in a Firmzilla or Rounder with a spanning valve. Can the spanning valve from Keglens stay attached while cold crashing? I don't see the point in having the spanning valve while cold crashing, really, because it's done its job. I just take it off when cold crashing. You don't have like spanning valves on your keg. Why do you want your spanning valve attached when cold crashing? Question number three. What's the best pressurized fermentation vessel you can buy if you're home brewer on a budget? Well, you could go for a, a keg and pressurize ferment in that um, with a floating dip tube. Or I think the cheapest one right now might be the uh, Fermenter King Junior. But it's also, it depends on like what size you want, of course. Next question. I'm skipping the numbers because I'm just gonna screw that up. Does beer ferment faster in higher pressure and do you need to cold crash to get carbonated faster? It's not the pressure really that speeds up the fermentation. It's the fact that you can ferment higher and the yeast will perform faster. And the beer is already carved during fermentation if you have the right ratio between temperature and pressure for the uh, CO2 volumes you want. I will link down to my ultimate calculator. I will link to the video actually, so you can go and check that out. And go over to my web website and check out the calculator. You don't need to chill it down to get carbonation, but of course, if you're trying to pour a hot beer, all you will get is foam. Next question. How long do you recommend fermenting under pressure? Until the beer is done. Depends on the yeast, on the the temperature, how fast it, it goes, how fast it, it starts and, and all of that. So until the beer is done, as, as usual, we don't count fermentation in, in days. I know it's, sometimes it's counted in days when we try to explain to beginners or beginners are getting recipes just trying to make that, that simple, but you need a stable gravity and you wait a little bit longer than that to be safe. So. It's just like normal brewing until the beer is done. This is a long one in Swedish. I'll try to translate it. Hello Hans. Thank you for a lovely channel. Thank you so much. 
I'm a total rookie, so bear with me, okay? He wants me to do like a basic video about pressurized fermentation where I try to hook everything up. You also have a question about the, the, uh, the Spundit. Spundit 2.0, all of them comes with a little, little thermometer you're asking about. The thermometer is the, uh, the little bubble. Bubble here, you fill up with liquid. Bubble, I don't know why I said bubble. A little, little tube so you can uh, read the fermentation activity. That's cool. They all comes with that. And also you're wondering if you could bottle or if you just can keg. You can bottle just like you would bottle from a keg. You can bottle from your pressurized vessel. But I would try to take the temperature down and uh, counter pressure fillet is my favorite method. I will link to like a ghetto method of counter pressure filling where I use a keg, but it would be the same approach from those vessels. And that's kind of cool. Next question. Hello, Dr. Hans. How is a typical fermentation schedule? Like a good starting point, my normal recommendation is start at the highest number at the recommended span for that yeast. And um, use my calculator. I talked about it earlier. It will link down below so you can see how much CO2 you will get into your beer. But if it's an IPA and you're going to dry hop it, I won't put the uh, max amount of pressure on at the beginning. I've done that in the past and I've learned from my mistakes. And uh, so it's a little bit easier to start a little bit on the lower side of the pressure. And then after you have dry hopped it, you can crank up the, uh, the pressure. And I normally dry hop before the end of the fermentation, when the, the, the Krausen is falling, we still have some activity, it's also time to ramp up the temperature. But if you're not going to dry hop it, you could of course start at the high pressure at once if you like, and uh, what pressure to use, use the calculator. Next question, will pressure fermentation affect my eye spindle readings? Yes, it will. It will push the, the eye spindle down, just same with the, with the tilt. Of course, and so it will change it, but you will still see, and that's the most important thing, you will still see when you have a final gravity, when, when the fermentation is over, and that's the most important. Then you can take a reading afterwards, right? Do you feel a spanning valve immediately after pitching the yeast or after a period of initial fermentation? I put it on immediately. I put some pressure on there to dial in the, uh, the spanning valve, actually. So I Pressurize my vessel, dial in the spanning valve, and let it sit. And what will happen is that the pressure will go down before the fermentation kicks in. It doesn't mean that you, you have a leak. It means that we have equaled out the headspace and the, the wart. And when the pressure starts to build up during fermentation, of course, you will see the, the meter in the spanning valve goes up again. What temperature and what pressure? Yeah, sorry, use the calculator. It's awesome, but as a guiding point for you, as I said, start at the high value of the recommended span. You often go, get away with a lot higher than that, but start with that and then you can ramp the, the pressure up during fermentation. And the pressure, of course, depends on the ending temperature and how much CO2 you want in your beer and that's where we use the calculator to find out what pressure to use. Okay, next question. I'm experimenting with pressure fermentation and closed transfer. It is using a lot of CO2 and I currently use soda stream bottles. Would you recommend a larger canister and filling the soda stream from that? We just stick with the soda stream. I have a big canister here, but 
I don't have a regulator for it yet, so I've I'm still also actually on SodaStream bottles. It's not very expensive and I have a lot of them and change them out. So I know there's like fittings to like fill those yourself from a big one. I actually never done it. So it wouldn't be fair to recommend anything I haven't tried. On with the next question. Sorry Gordon, have you experimented with different pressures levels and if so, have you noticed any difference say, between one bar and two bar for example? I have not yet done a split batch but we're going to do it, we're going to do it, because I have the bigger system now. I've done a lot of split batches, but I haven't done a split batch yet where I've tried one bar and two bar. So but we will do those kind of questions. So don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, so you don't miss anything. Is 1.5 bars enough? Thank you for an awesome channel. Thank you so much. 1.5 bars might be enough to hold down the crowds and for you to be able to ferment it a little bit hotter. But will it give you the, the right amount of CO2? Maybe not. But you can of course always add CO2 after fermentation. But I think it's actually cool to do a naturally carved beer. So it might not be enough for that. But maybe if, if it's a... It also depends on the temperature you're fermenting at of course. If you're fermenting cold it might be. So yet again, the calculator is awesome. So all you guys should check it out. Okay, it's calculated question again. Sorry about that. I can't find a calculator that defines what volumes, pressure, time to carbonate to a predefined level. So volume and time, maybe the calculator doesn't do really. But if you're, if you're talking about pressurized fermentation, when the fermentation is ending, the beer is carved. If you have enough pressure for the temperature. If you're talking about low and slow, force carving a keg for five days. But most beers are getting better if they are like conditioning for a, a week, maybe two weeks even. So you can just leave it there for, for a week. And as you're dialing in the exact volumes you want, you won't overcarb it that way. If you just want it fast, there are other methods, of course. Okay, love your channel, thank you. You usually ferment at 30 psi and above. Any suggestion as, as to recommend pressures for fermentation? I ferment 12 to 15 psi. It depends on the beer style, how much CO2 I want in the beer, and it depends on the, the temperature. If you're fermenting at 12 to 15 psi, you might have to put some more gas on it to get the carbonation volumes you want afterwards. And it's not naturally called beer, but everyone does the way they want. Cheers! Is pressure fermentation suitable for all beer style? Yes. Why not? I know the pressure fermentation works at high temperature, but what about lower ones? My basement gets pretty cold and sometimes goes under range of ale yeast. Can you use pressure fermentation at any temp? Depending on temperature, do you need to adjust the amount of pressure used? Yes, you need to adjust the amount of pressure used regarding CO2 levels in your beer. If you are fermenting too cold, it has nothing really to do with the pressure. It's just that uh, maybe your yeast won't work as good. So you have to choose a, a yeast that can handle the lower temperatures. But that's more about temperature than on pressure. Dr. Hans, what's your favorite yeast to work with under pressure fermentation? I don't think I have a favorite yeast. I'm of course stoked about how log yeast behaves because log yeast can work at a very low temperature and when you are like raising those temperature up with the yeast, they work very fast. So that's kind of cool. But I don't have a favorite yeast really. I haven't found any yeast that doesn't handle pressurized fermentation. 
so far, out of all the pressure fermentation you used, which would you recommend for budget, novice brewers, or would you recommend something you haven't tested? I don't like to recommend stuff I haven't tested, of course. Novice brewers, budget, uh, something, something simple, of course, like the... It depends, it, it, it so depends. How, what volume do you want? You can go for the snub nose, easy, 35 liter vessel is easy cleaning and not, not a lot of parts. Or you can buy a keg and ferment in that. Or as I said earlier, the, the cheapest one I think is the Fermenter King Junior. What is the most surprising result you have gotten from pressurized fermentation? Ooh, surprising result. I don't know. It has worked as I thought it would. Maybe the first time I tried to dry hop with a <laughs> very pressured beer. Got a lot of foamings. I have that on tape. Actually, how to do it and how to not to do it. Try to link to that video also. How does the big breweries do and what should you do? I don't think there's a lot of big brewers that are fermenting under pressure. They are in the, in the later stages, of course, because every brewer that are fermenting to the Reinheitsgebot. They have to do pressurized fermentation to be able to get carbonation because CO2 can't be added. But the most brewers don't ferment under pressure, but having these big tanks, there's a lot of pressure on the yeast. So it's actually a thing like we are mimicking with pressurized fermentation at home. And before the end of fermentation, brewers that brewing to the German purity laws, the Reinheitsgebot, they have to pressurize. The, so they often like move it to, into another tank and pressurize that tank by fermentation, by the end stage of fermentation to get the CO2 volumes they need in, in their beer. I've done it that way also, fermented in a bucket and move to the keg before the end of fermentation and get a carved beer that way. But now when I have a lot of pressurized fermentation vessels, I use pressure during whole fermentation and that means that I can ramp up the temperature and have a much quicker turnaround. Hey Dr. Hans, when releasing CO2 through the spawning valve to get a lower PSI for transfer to a keg, my yeast cake rouses up back into the beer. Is there any way to stop this from happening? Yes, don't release CO2 through the spawning valve to get a lower PSI for the transfer to the keg. That would be my best answer, but the colder the better, of course, if you really need to release that. CO2, you know, at least for me, ain't really, really expensive. So it's not really an issue. I will link to transfer video also, so you can check that out. But I put the same amount of pressure that I already have in the vessel after cold crashing. So it's not like super high, of course, because the pressure has come down. So this also de depends on the temperature. If your beer ain't super cold and you're starting to lower the pressure in the vessel by releasing CO2, that is, not from chilling it down, you will rouse up the, the yeast. The best way is to not release the pressure and waste a little bit more CO2. Thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of your Oliver Conte. Thank you so much. Okay, next question. How can I ferment a beer under pressure and carbonate by spanding to have ready to serve beer from floating dip tube without using CO2 gas? You need to end at the pressure ratio yeah, to get the 
CO2 levels you want, and that's why I will use the, the calculator. You can dispense a lot of beers with just that pressure. As lower you're conditioning that or storing that beer, you can do it for a longer time because the CO2 won't really go out. But if you don't want to push any CO2 on there, I'm guessing you could get a second vessel ferment that. And uh, if you're using a spundit, there's an auxiliary output there. Use that pressure to pressurize another vessel. I don't know if that answered your, your questions, or maybe I just got it wrong. I like natural carbonation better than CO2. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I understand you. Right, so, yeah, of course, if you're ending at the, the right ratio between temperature and pressure, you will have natural carb beer, but you might need to put some CO2 on there to dispense the beer after a while at least, because you will of course lose pressure. So yeah, got it. Thank you. Also, is this more difficult if using quike because of temp CO2 in solution? Is it more difficult to get a natural carb quike? Yes, it is if you are fermenting at a very high temperature, of course, because temperature and pressure ratio gives you the volumes of CO2 in your beer. But what you could do is to like to do a secondary fermentation by adding wort to it after fermentation, and then you could do that fermentation at a lower temperature if you if you want to get the right amount of co2 or of course like add sugar the normal way or just push some co2 on it but you didn't want that hope that helped you out hey doctor for ales i see fermented 30 c at 35 psi not always it's not enough to achieve 2.6 levels of co2 i don't go up to 30 all the time, but I've done it when I really want to like speed things up, but also have a, like a YouTube channel where I try to do like stupid things so nobody else has to. Of course, if you're doing it 30 C, 35 PSI, you won't go up to like 2.6 volumes. So, but you don't need to go up to 30 C. Is it good to start the fermentation at lower PSI at higher temps so yeast can produce desired ester for ales and then raise pressure and lower temperature at the end to carbonate the beer? There's like a question in a question here. In some earlier videos I got a lot of questions about esters being lost. You're still getting those esters and flavors from the, all of the different yeasts you're using, but you don't get like all of the off flavors when fermenting hotter. There's nothing wrong with this. Do this if you want to. Give it a try. But you shouldn't lower the temperature at the end to carbonate the beer. You need to end at a proper temperature and pressure ratio to get the fermentation. Don't lower the temperature in the end. Lower the temperature after the beer is already fermented out. What volume and pressure? Lager, please. Don't be afraid to, if you're doing like a lager, starting it at 18C. But let's say you're you're doing a lager, you're doing hot, you're starting it at 18C and then a little bit into fermentation you will bump up the temperature and maybe you end up like 3 degrees higher than you started so that would be 21C. In the calculator you, end, you put in the ending temperature and if you want 2.4 volumes you would do 27 PSI. If you want 2.6 volumes you would do 30 psi if at 21c okay is it an advantage to use specialized yeast like white labs wlp 925 high pressure log is no 
No, not at all. I think that was the first yeast I've tried when I started pressurized fermenting actually. But you can use any yeast. Is there an optimum pressure to ferment that? Most sources suggest 15 psi. Then those sources don't like you to have enough CO2 in the ending product. They can just say that. I don't know, they don't want you to, to ferment higher for some reason. Is there a formula to calculate what pressure you use by given temperature? Yes. Link to the calculator down below. What kind of beer works best for pressure fermentation and which don't? Well, uh, I, I've heard that some, some say that you shouldn't do, use that yeast under pressure. Don't know what they're getting that information from. Because if you're doing a uh, wheat beer and you're doing, uh, using hefe yeast, you will get those banana. And if you're doing like a saison yeast, you will get those notes. So, I don't know. You, it's... I do get a massive difference when I try two different yeast. So I don't know who's saying that. I fermented one beer not under pressure in 2020. That was this feeling not so sour, link down below. But that had nothing to do with not being able to pressure ferment it. It had to do with an experiment we were trying out with the, the Caskish floating filter. We put it in the, on a the bucket and I used five kilos of, of fruit and yeah it was a stupid experiment but it worked cheers do you need to pitch more yeast when fermenting under pressure like 35 psi no you don't i pitch at normal pitching rate for me normal pitching rate for me is roughly around one gram per liter if i were to ferment really cold i would double that or if it would be high abv beer i would use more but normal like ales and also, if I'm doing a lager under pressure and fermenting hot, I also use my normal ale pitching ratio, which is about one gram per liter. That works great for me. Have you tried dry hopping at yeast pitch? I've had have huge success doing it. No oxygen increase to good idea for video. It could be a good idea for a video if we're doing a split batch and trying different stages of dry hop. So I will put that on a list. Have I dried hop? at the beginning i think i have done that i think there's so much off gassing so i tried to dry hop in the end but of course i want to dry hop before the end of fermentation and when i'm doing that i'm also raising up the uh, the temperature but i'm trying to do it at the end of fermentation when the krausen and that's awesome when you're using like the see-through vessels you can see i'm actually dry hopping right now you can see when the Krausen is falling, it's time to, to dry up and also bump up the temperature. Can you give a list of your favorite pressure fermenters to your least favorite? I don't think it's fair to do my... I would like to do it, but as I have a connection to uh, Brewgoat, um, Swedish homebrew supplier, I'm a co-owner in Brewgoat and they're selling the, the vessels from Keg King. You can say which vessel I like most, what I like them for. My favorite, because it's so easy and it's see-through, would be Snubnose. I think the size is good and so little parts. I also have been enjoying the Kegmenter, but behind me right now we have the Fermenter King. If you, this, if you want to do more stuff, that's an alternative, but it's more parts, of course. Um, but if you yeah, want to collect the yeast, of course, it's simpler in that one. If, 
if you if you dry hopping, if you're not dry hopping, you can collect from the, the snub nose also, of course. The Vanskin Junior fits in here, fits in my keg radar, so that's that's nice. Depends on what size you want and what features you're you're after really. But if I want to pick a favorite, I would say the the snub nose. Because it's it's so simple and see-through and everything is easy for me with that fermenter. But the important thing is it should have the size you're after and the features you're after and it should be a vessel that you can trust. Hey Dr. Hans, hope you are well. Thank you. Hope you are well too. I guess we have two Fermzilla rounders but don't have temperature control yet. I usually bottle condition my beers. I want to do lagers under pressure and then bottle condition afterward. My basement stays cool at 19C, 66 Fahrenheit. So I think I can put it off without temp control. You don't need a fridge to temperature control. 19C, that means that you will probably hit maybe three degrees hotter inside the vessel when fermenting. So that would mean like 22C and yeah, I think you can pull that off actually because I have had tried to ferment lagers at that temperatures and I pulled that off. So yeah, I think you can do it, but it's still a good idea to take control of the temperature, but you can do that with heating. I have a video on just using the ambient temperature for the cooling and just controlling the heating to take control of fermentation. I will link to that down below, but of course it depends on your room temp and it also depends on the yeast. Have you used quiet yeast type with pressure at fermentation vessel if so? How did it work versus normal vessel? Quiet is just beer yeast that you can ferment hotter without pressure. It will work just fine. We talked about that a little earlier, but if you are fermenting at very high temperature, you won't get the CO2 levels there, but you, you we still have the big advantages of pressurized fermentation. Pros and cons. Uh, cons, I don't know. You might need some stuff. It's not as cheap as just buying, I'm looking at uh, a bucket. So that would be it, but the, the, the pros are so much. The biggest pro I think is that it's easy to keep the, the air out, the oxygen out, easy doing seal transfer. That we can ferment faster is of course a big bonus. And you can get naturally carved beer, which is also a, a bonus. And if you're a lager guy, a big bonus. Because when you're fermenting lagers at higher temperature, you don't get the flavors that you are during the low temperature, like sulfur. And that's mostly the thing you want to like lager out. So you don't need to wait a couple of months for your lagers. You can ferment it out in under a week and uh, conditioning for, for, for two weeks instead. So that's a big pro. The cons, I, I come back to it, it's, it's just uh, that it's, you might have to buy a little bit more stuff to get started. How much headspace do you need if you're going to use a corner keg to ferment in? Uh, I would say at least a decimeter, maybe. Also depends on the, on the pressure. If you are worried, keep the pressure a little bit higher. Can I bottle directly from the fermenter if I have a beer gun? Yes, yes, yes. You can, or counter pressure filler. Yes, you can use a beer gun, you can use a counter pressure filler. It's just like a normal kegged beer. 
Do you think using the Thermowell tube for temp control for Scylla worth the extra work and possibly pressure leak related issues? I found that just taping a probe to the, uh, to the outside gives you a very accurate temperature if you're insulating it. Maybe if you are just fermenting in a place that aren't like insulated like a, like a fridge maybe if you have high temperature spans there. I hope that answered your question. Hi Dr. Hans, here's from Costa Rica. Cheers! I tried pressure fermentation several times. It works well, but in case I got diacetyl in most cases. Why are you getting diacetyl? Maybe you are not bumping up the temperature in the end. Could get diacetyl if you are introducing oxygen in any way. You could get diacetyl even from dry hopping if you are chilling your beer and dry hopping at the same time or if you're cooling the beer down before dry hopping you could get diacetyl also because air get introduced and oxygen of course it's, it's part of the air that could kick off a secondary fermentation and if that's not finished through like the first fermentation that could leave diacetyl and that's also what I said about the, the hops because the hops also have some enzymes that could start to break down the more complex sugars and that could also kick off um, secondary fermentation and if you are cooling your, your beer during dry hopping or not let it like ferment out properly after that you could end up with the acetyl. I'm not saying that you, you will always but you could try to like start at a temperature and then after a few days I said it earlier in the video you don't count days but after like two days of active fermentation I start to ramp up to the end my end fermentation that I've calculated and it's mostly like a few degrees Celsius higher than I start if I'm dry hopping I dry hop when the the Krausen is is falling and I bump up the the temperature a few degrees and then cold crash hope that will help you out more information on ale pressure fermentation like in Baltic porter is this a test because Baltic porter is a lager and not an ale you guys are testing me what is normal fermentation time in fermenting 20 if a soft lager is 3470? And is there any difference fermenting time or flavor when using one bar versus two bar pressure? 20C soft lager and bump the temperature up, you should be done at five days, I'm guessing. No, I, I don't think it's a major difference between one bar and two bar. But of course, you do also want to carbonate your beer. It is said that pressure fermentation can be done at high temps and a short amount of time. Where can I find this type of information? You can find it here on my channel because I've done a lot of videos about that. And that's because of when you're raising up the temperature, it's working faster and the pressure holds down like, so you don't hold it back. So you don't get those off flavors and you, so and you don't get where high cryos and all of that. How does one know what high temp is acceptable? I get back to, to that answer. When I try out a new yeast, I start at the temperature, the high recommended span. So if it says 22 to 25, I start at 25. After like two days of active fermentation, I start ramping up that temperature for it to go even, even faster. And if I got a very good result of that, I might try it hotter the next time. You live and you learn. So I have another question. When the wort goes in, 
the fermenter? Do you add CO2 to purge oxygen and apply pressure? I don't add CO2 to purge oxygen in the beginning. I just pressurize the vessel to dial in my spanning valve. My fermentation goes very fast, only two days. Is that a problem? Do I get a better beer with a not so active yeast? No, the opposite. You get a better beer with an active yeast. It's not a problem. Could I ferment a beer under pressure to overcome the problem of fermenting my beer with yeast of max temp of 22 in a row with 25C? Yes, you could do that, of course. But it means that you're probably will getting up to like 28C in, in your beer, so you have, might have to actually choose a yeast according to that. How many days do you recommend for diacetyl rest when pressure fermenting? I've not really had any problems with the diacetyl really, but as I said, I try to bump up the temperature in the end and leave it for an extra, extra day hot. Hello, I'm a brew from Serbia. Hello, cheers. I would ask you how to, to do multiple batches in fermented vessel, how much yeast to add at first batch. At first batch, like I said earlier, if it's like an ale or if it's lager fermented ale temperature, I used, if I'm um, using um, dry yeast, one gram per liter. If that would be like more massive beer, more, more high gravity beer, I would use more yeast, of course. And when that beer is finished, you can, you can just put new wort on top of the old yeast cake. And uh, I have done that experiment, and I can link to that video also down below, where I did that for an entire year. But that was with a vessel that I could remove some yeast every time. But doing it a couple of times ain't gonna hurt anything, uh, even if you don't remove any yeast. So do as you would normally do with a bucket. Just do it under pressure. Hi Dr. Hans, thanks for the info. As a beginner, I just bought my first log under pressure. Question. Can I after cold crack pitch a new batch on the old yeast cake? Yes, you can. You can. Yes, talked about that. Yes, do as you would normally do. Have you tried to adjust the target pressure on the spanning valve in a small pet bottle instead of injecting CO2 in the fermenter just in the spanning valve? Yes, of course, I've done that. You can do that. I'm just being like lazy and wasting CO2 when I'm pushing CO2 after pitching the yeast, pushing CO2 on the vessel to be able to, to dial in my spanning valve. But if you have a carbonation cap on a PET bottle, you can use that instead to dial in your spanning valve and, and then put it on the, the vessel. How do I know the amount of priming sugar needed if I want to bottle my beer, which was fermented under pressure, assuming it was not fully carved after fermenting? Use the calculator to, to see what the calculator think, how many volumes you have, and then use a priming calculator and build up from that, I'm guessing. Or just get a CO2, <laughs> CO2 bottle and push the, uh, the amount you want. Uh, uh, that would be easier. If you like what I do here, consider supporting on Patreon channel membership or just buy me a beer or links down below. Hope you got some answers here today. We'll open up a new form if you have any more questions. It better put them in form so we can do a fourth update if needed, but of course go back and watch the other two videos. You have been listening to the Dr. Hans Brewery podcast. For more content about beer and brewing, check out my YouTube channel, Dr. Hans Brewery, and my website, drhansbrewery.com. Cheers and thanks for listening. Dr. Hans out.